are back for another edition of Bass and Interaction. I'm your host and sports reporter, Stephen Basson, diving into what you need to know in the Central Jersey High School sporting world. I am pleased to give you my top 10 boys basketball rankings for all of Central Jersey, as well as my top 10 girls basketball rankings for the Shore Conference. Um, this episode will also include an interview with uh, Jackson Liberty girls basketball player and star Mara Carney. Um, Mara, congratulations. She became the first Jackson Liberty girls basketball player to surpass 1,000 points a couple weeks ago. So congrats to her. If you haven't yet, check out my feature on her on centraljersey.com. You can also go to my Twitter account, at sbass underscore sports, for a read on the story about Mara's journey to becoming a thousand point scorer, as well as some of the fun stuff the team did for her on her big accomplishment. Also want to give a nice big shout out to Stephanie Van Noyt, um, who just um, became the seventh Sayreville girls basketball player to uh, reach a thousand points. So check out my story on her as well. That was just posted on social.com. Huge game that she did it in 30 points, helping Sayreville beat Edison. 55 to 50. That was back on um, February 16th. So check all those things out. Um, but we first start with the news that came out Friday about the NJSIAA potentially doing sectional tournaments for girls volleyball and gymnastics and wrestling, also individual tournaments for wrestling and gymnastics. Um, the news comes out big because and I've seen on Twitter and I've heard in, you know, parents and coaches and players talking about that, you know, there is no sectional tournament or regional tournament of any kind going on in basketball or hockey um, this winter. Um, both teams only have two weeks and right now only have the ability to play a maximum of 15 games. There might be some conferences doing some like top eight pods and different things like that for postseason play, but that's it. There's no regional or sectional tournament. Um, first off, I'm happy that the NJSIA is optimistic about doing these sectional tournaments for um, girls basketball, giving these big individualized tournaments for wrestling and gymnastics. I'm happy for those kids that are going to get to experience that. It shows that, hey, we're moving in the right direction as a state with the numbers. You know, Governor Murphy has allowed some fans to attend games now, so we're on the right track. So it's great to see that those are in the future for those sports. As for basketball and hockey, um, I've been someone that thought there should have been some sort of regional tournament for those sports from the beginning because you had it with the fall. You did it with field hockey. You did it with boys and girls soccer. Football is a little different. Their playoff stuff was more of like a pod some Conferences did, like the Shore Conference. Some other ones did not do that based on, you know, teams being dealt with maybe a shutdown because of COVID and other issues. But, um, you know, there were regional tournaments for soccer and field hockey. And I thought you could do that with basketball and hockey. I felt like that could be the case, but it wasn't. And unfortunately, as we see right now, it doesn't look like that can be the case, even with all the – uh, you know, unfortunate um, um, postponements, excuse me, and rescheduling that has had to be done the last couple of weeks because of the snow we've gotten. You know, this winter we've been bashed with snow across the state, so it's been tough. You know, teams have lost out on some games just from the snow. 
<coughs> not a shutdown, excuse me, of COVID or any time. So it's it's tough. But um, I always thought that should be the case that there should have been a regional tournament for those sports. I hear the parents and I hear them loud and clear on that. Um, look, I from covering the fall, those regional tournaments they mattered and mattered a lot. Yes, there were some issues of teams not being able to compete because of a COVID shutdown. Home Dells, for the example, both their boys and girls soccer teams were the favorites in their regions. You know, to win it all, they get dealt a big blow with the COVID shutdown. They don't get to compete, which is tough. And I get that that happened to some teams and makes things crazy, but it's there was still a tournament. You had some great moments where you have Rumson winning on an overtime goal. You had Monroe boys soccer winning on an overtime goal that I got. Rumson girls soccer winning it that way. Those meant the world to them. Colts neck having a great year winning a regional championship. Free old township. All that meant a championship to those teams. And it meant a lot being able to compete in that type of tournament, being able to put themselves in position to off the field and on the field to do it. It meant a lot, and I felt like you should have given that opportunity to these teams, whether it's hockey on the ice, whether it's boys and girls basketball on the court. Um, give those players a shot at that. So that's – I will agree with that. There should have been a spot shot. You know, do I hope – you know, do I think they're going to make a change? Probably not in these next couple days. You know, Colleen McGuire, you know, mentioned – on Friday, it's too short of a season, and A, we're just only two weeks away from both seasons being done, so I don't see it happening. Now, I'm hoping maybe they extended a couple days just to give teams a chance to get more games in because, especially with the snow being, you know, being having games canceled, but, you know, it's tough. But um, it's tough news, but that's my thoughts on that. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for season three and their opportunities of getting some of these tournaments. Um, you know, volleyball, at least they'll have some normalcy with a sectional tournament and a regional tournament. And then, you know, gymnastics and wrestling, you know, these are what these athletes dream about, you know, even though wrestling, it's a big team sport more than what people think because of the camaraderie and the brotherhood that's there with boys wrestling. Now you're seeing it more with girls wrestling, which has exploded here in New Jersey. And then, you know, gymnastics, they do take team championships really seriously, but the individuals, you know, they're competing in those events. If you're in gymnastics, those different events to grab gold or your or a medal or wrestling, you're competing in regions, you're competing in districts, and you want to get to AC to compete in states because you want to be a state champion or you want to finish in a top six and get on the podium, you know, all that stuff. So, um, you know, I'm happy that, they're going to get at least a chance of that on a smaller scale. It's not going to be like, you know, in years past, but they're, they're, they're at least going to get some sort of shot at it. And I'm happy to see that that is a possibility going forward. Um, I hope, you know, listen, we all hope maybe there's a change and you'll see some basketball, you know, regional tournaments somehow, but um, you know, the rest of the winter season for basketball and hockey, you're just hoping that they can get as many games in, you know, those conferences doing those pods. You hope they go off without a hitch and, we get some great games. We've we've seen some great games on the ice and on the court so far this winter. They've been fun to watch. Kids are loving to be playing right now, and um, they're doing their best, which is awesome. And it's great to see them having some fun, some normalcy. That's one thing I'm, you know, we're talking to players and coaches. They're having fun right now. They're having fun just being out there. Yes, there's the uh, the cloud overhead because of the whole virus thing and anything can happen at any given moment but you can tell that they are enjoying just being on the court and playing and you know winning feels great you know when you know the losses sucks but 
when you get back, you're happy that you played. And, you know, every team just wants to get as many games as they can. And hopefully these next two weeks, there's no snow. Weather's decent. We get as many games in. And that season of the winter ends on a good note. And then, you know, we, you know, we finish off with, um, you know, track and field getting some meets in and swimming getting some meets in. And then we roll into season three. And then, of course, the big uh, spring season, the comeback, as I say, you know, in April. So uh, that's my take on it. And before we get to the interview with Mara Carney, which I want to thank her again for coming on, um, did a great job. And, um, you know, going to Adelphi University to play on the women's basketball team there. So good luck to Mara and congrats on that accomplishment as well to be playing at the collegiate ranks. I want to talk about how, you know, we should be thankful here in New Jersey that we, the first sports we have gotten to get to watch and play here in high school um, this year through the pandemic. Um, you have other states here in the Northeast that have not had sports. Maybe that certain sports player have had crazy modifications to sports based on their opinion, based on what they feel their state officials say on safety protocols and what they presume is safe to do and, and all which, you know, you, you give, you know, respect that and everything else, but um, we should be fortunate. I mean, you know, from covering um, sports up in Vermont and New York, those areas have been hit hard by the virus as well as us. And they have had modifications and not have been able to play sports. You know, um, Connecticut is not playing football this year. Um, New York just got approved New York state to play high risk sports. Um, and some counties wouldn't even allow it at first. You got, you know, who's it falls, for example, not being, you know, having to fight to get back on the court, you know, for example, so shout out to, you know, Mike Lilac, hopefully your uh, Panthers have a good season. But, um, you know, it, it's been tough. You know, you know those teams having – those schools having got the opportunity to play those sports. You know, Vermont football, it's basically was seven on seven. They didn't play full football. You know, the offensive linemen, yeah, they have big skills and, and they're playing in that, but they didn't get to play a season. And it's tough for them because, you know, what happens if you're getting looked at at – for a college at offensive line, defensive line, you're not being able to show that, you know, it, it's tough. Um, you have other sports that, you know, I mentioned Connecticut barely doing basketball, did not do football, um, you know, and everything else. You got Massachusetts who are back to doing basketball and they're trying to fit in football and all these different sports in at once. So you're having kids kind of choose what they can do and putting them in a tough circumstance of they, had to choose between sport when they didn't have to before. So it's, it's not easy I, for those schools. And I have to give the NJSIA credit. They've given us two full kind of seasons with the fall. We got through with field hockey and boys and girls soccer and football. We did the best we could and we got a full season in for them as much as we could. You know, we're almost, you know, we're two weeks away from getting hockey and basketball through. Then we have swimming and gymnastics, I mean, excuse me, swimming and track and field. And then after that, right now we're scheduled to have wrestling, um, gymnastics, and, and, and girls' volleyball. Yes, they moved back, you know, girls', you know, volleyball, gymnastics, and, and wrestling into, you know, into one seat, a different season. But, you know, at least they are doing the part where they are doing the best they can to keep things as normal as possible based on the seasons. And even with some of season three inter- Lapping is they, there's still opportunity for kids if they're doing some of those 
uh, sports in season three to do the spring sports as well. And there's not as much overlapping as you're seeing with some of these other states and how they're trying to cram everything in. So um, I have to give the NJSIAA credit with that. They gave you know players and coaches and teams the opportunities um, if their schools allowed it in the fall with field hockey, football, and you know boys and girls soccer, the chance to stay on the field and play. If they could do it, they could. They did the best they could, and we were able to get a full amount, of, you know, not full season, but, you know, I mean, we got a season in. And, you know, kids got a sense of normalcy. You know, some got to compete in regional championships and playoff pods. Um, you know, basketball right now, kids are doing the best they can to stay on the court and coaches to keep safe and to play 15 games. And then, you know, we'll see how the rest of the sports do. But um, at least we're seeing that while other states – have made it tougher for kids to do that or have not allowed their kids to play those sports and have had some tough modifications. So I wanted to commend the NJSI AA before, um, you know, at the end of this, just give them credit for that. So, um, you know, that's that, but um, um, we're all through with that. That's my take on what's going on with the updates from the NJSI AA. And now it's on to, What's going on with girls and boys basketball here in Central Jersey? But we'll first get started with my interview with Mara Carney from uh, Jackson Liberty Girls Basketball Program. Like I mentioned, she was the first girl in the program to score 1,000 points. Um, congrats to her again. And hear what she has to say about her tremendous accomplishment for Jackson Liberty. Awesome. Well, um, thank you for joining me, Maura. Um, congratulations, first off, on getting a thousand points. Um, you did it last Friday night, right? That's yes. So you got twenty-one against Southern. Um, how does it feel to accomplish that feat? Oh, it's an amazing feeling. I'm. It's beyond words. I'm just so glad that um, I was able to get in the gym and accomplish this and. Uh, it sounds like cliche and stuff, but I just really I couldn't have done it without my team, my coaches, my family, my trainers. They truly this journey was not alone. I couldn't have done it without the help of them, just helping me along this ride. So, um, so you're the first one to do it in Jackson Liberty history. Um, I, I know like it's crazy to think about, but the fact that you're now the first one. I mean, how cool is that to put on your resume that? Hey, I did something that's never been done in my school's history. I scored a thousand points. Oh, it's I'm the first girl, so that's what's also crazy. It's very um, like woman empowering, showing that you know us girls are just as good as the guys. And I think it it's a crazy step that I was able to do something like that for woman empowerment. So, um, going back to what your first question you mentioned, getting in the gym and playing. I mean. It must have been really tough this offseason, not knowing if you were going to play or not. Um, you know, how did you handle that? What did you do in hopes that you were going to play? And uh, what were some things you were thinking about to try to stay positive about the opportunity to play? So I kind of treated it as a regular offseason. I was still training. The only difference was it was just hard to get in the actual gym. Since I was still able to have an AU season, that was really helpful. We practiced all outside. And that was helpful. We had some tournaments, we had some games, but to stay pop, it was very nerve wracking and stressful. You know, the season got pushed back. I was a little nervous, but 
since I'm going to be playing college, I still was training full year. Even if there wasn't a high school season, I still was training in case, you know, it was canceled. I would still be prepared for college. So it was kind of hopeful that I know one day I'll play a game again. So so what were, what were the trainings like? I bet you there were a lot of them outside, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> I'm was not used to playing in the heat because um, I used to play soccer, but I haven't played in a while. So I wasn't used to, you know, not an air-conditioned gym. But, you know, it was a little mentally exhausting, but that is only going to make you better. So, Did the wind or anything play a factor with you when you're shooting? Yes. So like um, my AAU practices, we actually practiced right by a beach. So it was really windy, but that was one effect. But, you know, you have to alter your game to the natural issues. So, you know. It worked out. You're able to get the work in you need, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so how long have you been playing basketball? Like how long since you were a little girl, stuff like that? Yeah. I, I've been playing basketball since like second grade. I started, um, I believe, travel in third, and then I started an AAU team in fifth. So, and why did you get into basketball? What got you deciding to play? Um, well, my, you know, just started with rec. So I think it was kind of just to do something. I was very involved with like sports. So I think, and then. I think in like I'd say in like eighth grade I truly got serious about it and there's just like something about it with the other sports that I didn't really gra um gra gratitude gravitate towards. And something about basketball, just the speed of the game and the intensity. I I used to love like my favorite was defense when I was younger. I loved playing defense and I, I still love defense and I feel like playing defense like was my favorite thing to do in the world. And that's what it really got me into the game with the difference between the other sports. Um, so when you stepped on the court at Jackson Liberty, um, what were you expecting? Like, did you think you were going to have the uh, career you did in high school? No, I, I was very, um, I was very different from the player I am today. Um, stepping in as a freshman was very nerve wracking, of course, you know, and I had very um, low confidence in myself, which throughout the years, the more I've played, the more I trained, grew. And it was very, um, it, I was very um, low on myself and my abilities. But as I worked harder, my mind got better, my confidence grew, and I'm, I never thought I'd be where I am today now. Your coach mentioned that you're becoming more of a vocal leader. You know, you're more of a, uh, um, you know, you're a very quiet leader. You show by your actions, but she says you've been more vocal and it definitely has shown with the younger girls on the team, you know, taking your lead and trying to do what you're doing because they see how successful you've been. Yeah, it was, um, I usually just, yeah, led by my actions. I wasn't very um, talkative, but knowing how important communication is in the game, I've really focused on that as I grew and as I became more of a leader on this team, realizing that you can't just, you know, use it through actions. You have to talk to your teammates, communicate to them, and they will follow in your footsteps. So, um, Is there any, you know, role models you got that play basketball? Any stars in the WNBA or in college that you take your game after or you want to become? Um, actually, I truly – and I'm not um, just being basic on this, 
my family, this quarantine, we watched the Michael Jordan documentary and I learned so much about his career and everything. And that was truly inspiring. And I've always loved the way Larry Bird has played on the Celtics. So I really look up to those players. Larry Bird is like way before your time. My uncle, he loves him. And so he'd always pull up his um, highlights and everything. Our, my family loves the Celtics, so. Are they from Boston or Massachusetts area? No. No, they're just Celtics fans? They just love the Celtics, yeah. We're Irish, we're really Irish, so. Now, are you a Celtics fan still, or are you another fan? Like, are you a Sixers fan, Knicks, Nets? I, I like the Celtics. I, I would say, yeah, I'm still just, I picked up from them. So. so is like Jason Tatum. Yeah, I was just gonna say I'd like Jason Tatum. All right, all right, all right. So are you a Duke fan? That's the other question. Duke, because he went to Duke for a year for college, or not really? Not really. I've been watching um a lot of UConn with Paige Buker's women's. She's putting such a good um role into one young woman and showing how good she is is crazy to watch her play and stuff. So I love watching her. Um, so on the women's empowerment movement, um, what are things you're hoping to do to show young girls like what they can accomplish with what you've been able to do at Jackson Liberty? I mean, I think that um, we're very underestimated and people kind of always, especially in sports, we know the difference between both women's and men's sports and how people treat the difference, which is there shouldn't be a difference in general. And honestly, just little steps like this, I think is just kind of little steps to make, you know, things better. I think that showing, you know, my team, my school that, you know, this is possible. I know girls on my team are going to follow my footsteps and make this next mark. And I'm just glad that, you know, the steps were taken. Awesome. Awesome. No, I mean, um, I'll be one of the first ones to tell you, I feel like, Girls, high school athletes has grown so much more than boys. Yeah. I'll be very honest with you. I've covered sports in Vermont and New York and now New Jersey. And I tell everybody, I'm like, the best games I'm seeing are with the girls. The athleticism and the talent has really grown. And it's definitely, I guess, from the work you guys are doing, definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So, um, you know, last year you guys had a, you know, you guys made it to the semifinals of the sectional tournament. Unfortunately, you fell in Neptune. But, I mean, you had such a great junior year. The team had a good year. I mean – what was that ride like to get that far and to have that type of season? Oh, it was, it was actually, I'll never forget that whole season. It honestly changed my life. I think we had a really good mindset starting in the season. And as we had a new coach, Coach Heron, she brought us energy. She was truly dedicated. She'd been dedicated since my freshman year when she was the assistant coach. She would always ask me, you know, do you want to stay and shoot? I'll rebound for you. She, from the minute I came to that school, she was truly indebted to the program. And I think that plays a huge role. All four coaches truly want to get us better. They are good people. And um, the girls, we wanted, we wanted to make a difference. I remember, I'll never forget this. We came into the classroom, one of the um, first, first practices of the year, and we just talked about our goals for the season, you know. What do we want to achieve and stuff? And we talked about that, like we want to make people look at our school differently and look at our program as a whole differently and change the way they view us. And 
I'll never forget that we did that. And I think people see us differently now and they see us more of a, a threat and they don't really underestimate us. And I think that was necessary. So you're a trailblazer for Jackson Liberty. Do you guys consider yourselves that trailblazers? <laughs> I guess so. Um, so this year we talked about it just before, you know, you weren't sure if you were going to play. Now you guys are playing. Um, I know there's no state tournament, but like, what's, what's the goal for you guys just to play as many games and win. I mean, a lot of girls and a lot of players and coaches I've talked to this year, it's about trying to play the full 15 games is kind of the goal and make that top eight short conference. That's, that's literally our goal too. I just want to play. And it's constantly like a nerve wracking feeling, you know, going to practice you're like, this might be our last practice. Like for a while, like you never really know the last time you'll be in that gym. And it kind of gives you more of a grateful attitude towards it that, you know, I this could be my last play like my last. And I just want to play as long as I can, you know, just be here as long as I can and get our full games in is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, for your thousand point, did you feel like you might not get that opportunity this year? Yeah, it was definitely a stressful time of wondering if I would get it. Um, you know, it's not that all that mattered. I wanted to make history. I wanted to be the first girl, but I just wanted to play. Like, if I got two games in, it didn't matter. I was just glad to get on the court with the girls. Um, take me through that moment against Southern. Um, when you got it, and did you know how close you were? I'm guessing you did, right, during the course of the game, like how close yeah. you were again. Um, so I remember we came out really like on fire, the team, like we were ready. And I remember, um, I didn't know like exact the numbers, but I knew it was really close. And then, um, we set up a play for me to, um, roll off a pick and roll. And so I was like, oh, I guess I'm like two points away. Cause it was a two, not a three. And, um, I made one of the foul shots. I missed the second. So I had 19 in the first half. And then the um, second half, I did it. So I knew I knew when I was going to the foul line, like I, I was one or two away. So it was a crazy moment. Yeah. What was it like after when you knocked it down and everyone came out? I mean, what was that feeling like? Oh, I was just – I couldn't believe it. I still – I feel like it was still like a dream. Like I feel like it really didn't happen. Like – it's been something I've been like working so hard for and it like finally happened. The girls all hugged me and so many people are telling how proud of me I was. And that's like, that's just like something really good to hear from people that like they're proud of you. It's like those like three words, you don't really hear like stuff like that a lot. And so when they do say it's like everything you've worked for and worked through like was worth it. And it's just a really nice feeling. So like what would, what so what free throw was it that you got the uh, thousand point? Was it the first or second? It was the first in the second half. First in the second half. So did they stop it right there? Or did you have to hit the other one right after? No, they stopped it right there. <laughs> so then I had to come back to the line, but I made the second. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, I know it must have been different because there weren't like a lot of people there because there no fans can be at the games right now and all. Um, how did you get to do that? How did you celebrate with your parents? Because I, I bet that must have been tough for them not to be there with you when they, when they you got watched, to Yeah, they watched it on the live stream. And then um, actually my team had 
my teammates set up this video and it was uh, basically a combination of so many people in my life that are important to me, like my coaches from throughout the years AAU, um, my trainer, you know, my a few of my friends, like so many different kinds of people. And then when we got back to the school after I did it, um, my family was like outside, they like all hugged me and stuff. And then we went back into the school, just the team, and they played the video of everyone saying, you know, really nice messages to me. And it was really nice. So they still made it special because people weren't allowed to go. And that, that was really nice though. Um, I know it probably wasn't what you expected, but you, you still think it was a celebration that was a great one for what it, you happened? Oh, it was still great. I'm, I'm just, ugh. it was, they made that video so nice. It, they put my favorite song in the background and they got, she reached out to so many people. My teammate, she reached out to so many people and that's a video I'll have forever. So I'm it, still glad. Is that video on YouTube or is it just with the team? It's on, uh, she put it, they put it on, I think to a drive then they played it, but I have it on my phone, but I think I can share it with people. So I could like sh share it with you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty creative. I mean, I gotta admit you, the kids these days, you guys are, you know, I'm calling myself an old man right now, which I'm not, but you know, but still you guys are so creative doing things that I could never do in high school. Oh, so yeah. The yeah. fact that your friends just did that. That was, that was really great. Um, but before we go, they're probably going to want me to ask you what your favorite song was. So I'm going to ask you right now, what was the song that was played on there? That uh, it, it was Pluto Projector by Rex Orange County. I never heard of them, but I, I, I'm guessing they're good. It, <laughs> it, yeah, it's great. I saw them in concert actually like last February before everything shut down. It was like one of the last big things ever to happen. It was cool. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I know you still got a long ways away. What are some things you're hoping to accomplish individually, Maura? Um, for my future, um. So I'm going to play college basketball and I'm, I'm super excited to play and I'm just hoping to grow as a player, as a person. Um, yeah, I just, I love, I'm so proud of myself for how much I've grown since my freshman year and I'm excited to watch myself grow from freshman year in college to senior year in college. So I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Where are you going to college? Adelphi. Adelphi. So you're gonna be in Philadelphia, right? Long or, Island. A long. Uh, sorry, I thought you. I. My bad. <laughs> I didn't hear. I didn't query you correctly. All right, so you're gonna be off in Long Island. Um, what are you looking forward to? Like, why did you choose Adelphi? Um, I mean, once I had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the coach, I immediately loved her. She was so dedicated. That's what I really is something really important to me is when I like feel like a connection with the coach and I feel like they are dedicated and love the sport as well. And I immediately felt that, um, I love the way the team plays. They have so much energy. Um, they're shooters. They, they can drive to the basket. They can pretty much do it all. And just, I love the location. I love New York and it's right around there. And I don't know, just so many yeses for that school. So where are you going to be studying? That's something I'm still trying to figure out. I'm undecided right now, but I'm looking to go into something maybe such as being a guidance counselor or even um, a therapist, just helping people. Okay, I got you. Um, 
would you ever be a guidance counselor at Jackson Liberty? Would you ever come back? Of course I would come back. I love that school. You love that school. So, you know, be, being a Jackson resident, they always talk about Memorial being the place to go. And your coach was telling me that. Do you feel like you guys, you know, your team and other athletes are proving how good both high schools are and that Jackson Liberty is one that can compete at the tough level Absolutely. as well? Yes. Our boys team on Friday just beat their boys team which is a very big step for our school. A few years ago, our football team beat their school for the first time ever, and it was this crazy deal. And I think that um, we're showing them that both schools are good. It's they're con We're constantly saying one Jackson, one Jackson, and I think that that needs to stay true. You know, whichever side you're on, whichever side you want to be on, just play it for that school if you're comfortable. And I think that you make the difference yourself. So I'm glad that, um, I'm glad I went to Jackson Liberty. I really am. And thank you, Mara, for that great interview and congratulations on scoring a thousand points. Best of luck in your future endeavors and to the Jackson Liberty girls basketball team for the rest of the season. Hope you guys get as many games as you guys can in these next two weeks. And that now segues to my top 10 short conference girls basketball teams. Um, again, as I said before, my other podcast, these does not include Manasquan. This doesn't include Donovan Catholic. This doesn't include Manchester. This doesn't include St. Rose. Okay, just the areas I cover. So just to make sure we're all clear there and everyone understands where we're all at. But um, let's be honest, the first team I think we would all agree on, who's the top team in the state, is St. John Vianney, who's 8-0, has been just dominant, has proven that by running through all their top-ranked opponents, uh, their last three of their last four matchups, um, Madison St. Rose is a star, is, I think, you know, playing maybe the best right now in New Jersey. If you had to think about a girls basketball player right now in high school, she's playing the best from what I have seen. Um, and they're just, you know, listen, this is a great team. They're just going to get better as this season goes on these next two weeks. And even facing top opponents, you know, they're going to face Smallborough, for example. You know, those are going to be some fun games, but. You know, still a great team. I know Red Bank Catholic did not have uh, Justine Passant in the game, but it didn't matter. I think it would have been more of a competitive game for sure. But listen, SJV, they're the top dog. They're the best team. And if this was a normal year, we're talking about a team that is going to roll to the tournament champions. So, um, you know, they're number one. And number two is Red Bank Catholic, who suffered their first loss of the season against St. John Vianney last um, Saturday. You know, the KCs, listen, they roll through their first five games, winning by over 30 points in all their matchups. Now they're facing the tougher part of their schedule, okay? To finish everything out before the top eight pod is revealed, they're going to face Rumson, Fairhaven, and they're going to face Manchester. So those are going to be some big games to see what RBC is made of. You know, they were shorthanding against SJV. We'll see how they are this week. But they're still number two. I still think they'll 
win one of these games this week and get back on track before the top eight is revealed. So the Casey's back at number two in my top 10. Number three, Marlboro, um, eight and oh. And Marlboro has just been very impressive. Very, very impressive. Um, they, I know they haven't faced the big dog yet besides Saddle River, but still impressive victories they've had in all those games. And then getting a big win against Saddle River Day um, on Saturday, that really proved to me that this Marlboro team is legit. I said it last week, I had high expectations coming in after they were top seed in the sectionals last year. They made to the sectional final the year before, and they're playing very well right now. And this is a team that is deep. They can score a lot of points. Um, and they're just – they're a good team. You know, Sammy J is having an outstanding year. Jessica Ripa is having an outstanding year. They can shoot the ball from long range very well. They have 55 three-pointers this year. I mean, they're a fast-paced team. They play good defense. Danny Schlesinger is having an amazing season. She leads the way for them and can tap the rim very well. So – Marlboro rolling, and now they will have their big tests this week. You know, they face Middletown South, which won't be easy. Good program there. And then they got to face Rumson Fairhaven and then St. John Vianney. Those will be two big tests for them. They might shake up everything for the uh, top eight pod and also my rankings as well. So number three are the Mustangs. Number four on the list is Rumson Fairhaven. Um, you know, the Bulldogs, you look at their losses, St. Rose, and then they lost two games to the best team in the state in St. John Manny. Besides that, the Bulldogs have been playing excellent. They picked up two good wins to start off the season against a good Red Bank regional squad. Very well coached team with Truhan. So you have to give the Bulldogs credit, credit there. You know, Dave Callahan has this team playing well. They're coming off two really big victories against Middletown South and Monmouth Regional after the tough loss to St. Rose. And, again, they can prove their match coming up this week. You know, they're playing Red Bank Catholic. They're playing Marlboro. Another test for the Bulldogs to show that they belong in that top eight pod. That's been their goal all along and show why they're one of the top teams in the Shore Conference. And, look, they can score. They have very talented Players, as we all talk about every year, with from Corsentino to Cortland McBaron to Grace Mont, who's having a great year coming back from injury. So, you know, the Bulldogs, they have the pieces, they can make a move here, and they got games against RBC and Marlboro to prove that. So, the Bulldogs, number four on the top 10, and to fill out my top five, we go to Homedale for the Homedale Hornets, who are on a little tough. Stretch right now. Um, they've lost two in a row. And it, you know, you look at their start, they started four and oh home though. They faced Colts Neck and Middletown North, who are good, decent squads, and and you know, beat them both and ran into uh Vianney, who they were competitive against. I mean, the second game I watched them play. A very competitive first half. A second half, they were right in it to start it off. SJV pulled away, but it's still a good team. They got a nice win against Rainey. Then they ran through Madawan. Unfortunately, 
Madawan gets them the second time, and then they face St. Rose. So they've had a little slide here, but they can pick it up. They face Raranen this week. Um, could they make the top eight? I don't know, but if they, you know, a couple of wins, if they can finish out, you know, with a strong push, they might be able to. But they are my top five. I think again against the top squads. I know they haven't gotten victories. The Matawan loss hurts them, but still, I I like this team. I, you know, I think people, you know Olivia Palmer has had a great season for them. Um, playing excellent has been a you know her and Ryan Taylor have both played very well. I know they've hit some snags down the stretch, but I think both of them have had very good senior seasons. Lindsey Cannon's having a nice year as well. So, you know, if I looked at it. You know, Homedale, that Madawan loss, maybe they could get the top eight possibly, but, you know, they're number five. We'll see what happens with a strong – if they can get through Raderin to finish out the uh, regular season before the uh, top eight pod is released. So the Hornets, number five on Stephen Basson's top ten short conference teams in Central Jersey for girls basketball. Number six, we go to Howell and – Howell is looking good. Um, yes, their pod isn't, you know, you know the pod, they're taking advantage of who they're playing, but you look at some of the games that they have had, they have played well in most of them. They got the payback victory over Friel Township. Friel Township got them the first time. They get a nice 10-point victory the second time around. They're on a three-game winning streak. Um, you know, listen, Red Bank Regional, one-point loss. You know, that's a very good team there, but – you know, you're 7-2. and two. I think the biggest things for them will be Jack's Memorial this week. They get the face of Jaguars who are coming off a tough, um, you know, COVID-19 shutdown. It'll be interesting to see how the Rebels play against the Jaguars, who are a good team. You know, I don't know if they're top eight, but they are having a successful season. I, I really like what um, Coach Santa – Santo Petro has really done with Howell this year and, you know, the players they've had. Grace Leary's having a very good season for them. Um, Mackenzie Green has stepped up and big moments for them. Caitlin Gresco has just been outstanding um, getting to the basket and scoring points. Um, you know, Grace Leary's been that point guard machine doing a good job facilitating. Um, so right now, um, you know, the Rebels are playing well. They're a senior leading team. You know, if you talk about Gresco, Leary, and then Mackenzie Bruno, are there three stars there? So they're playing very well. We'll see what they can do against a good Jaguars team coming off a of COVID-19 shutdown and everything else. So at number six, I got the Rebels. Number seven, Red Bank Regional, who, listen, they beat How You got to give them that. Um, you know, they're five and three, Red Bank Regional. They're... You know, you look at some of the, you know, you look at their three losses. Two are against Rumson Fairhaven to start off the year. That 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 second one's really tough one, the comeback that that the Bulldogs had there. But since then, their only other loss is to Red Bank Catholic, and and the problem is that game they just didn't have it. You know, Red Bank drove through them, but you know they kind of have an easy stretch to finish it out. We'll see what Red Bank can do. They're five and three. Got a nice win against Middletown South on Saturday to get back on the winning column. I mean, they're five and one in their last six games. So 
Truon's got them playing well, and the Buccaneers are rolling right now. We'll see what they can do the last week of the season. They are number seven on my top ten. We go to number eight, the Colts neck Cougars, who have been coming on strong um, lately. You know, they're five and three, playing very well. Um, you know, they got on a good four-game stretch after that tough two games against Homedale. Took advantage of facing Long Branch and then has gotten on a roll here playing good defense. They beat Manawan twice. Tough blocks to Jackson Liberty, but they bounced back, got a big win over Brick, um, you know, this week. And then, you know, they got big tests here with Middletown North. It'll be very interesting to see how those teams play out. Um, very competitive defensive matchups. Both teams aren't going to score a lot of points, though. Should be a fun one to watch. But I got the Cougars right now at number eight on my list. Um, you know, again, playing good basketball, five and one in their last um, six games. So the Cougars are number eight in the top ten. Number nine, modern day prep. Who, um, you know, coming out of the uh, come out as a little surprise this year. Um, they're seven and two. Playing very, um, you know, have been outstanding this year so far. The Sheriffs, um, you know, the only loss they have is against Hudson Catholic, which is a predominantly dominant school, and, you know, Point Pleasant Beach as well. That's kind of the one that is tough for them if, you know, losing the second-round match against them. But, listen, against – I mean, yes, they don't have the hardest of schedules, but they have taken advantage of their schedule. They've played well in their games, and – Right now, they're 7-2. They're enjoying the moment. They're number nine on my list. And number 10, I have the Lions of Milltown North at number 10, coming off a nice victory over Rainey. And they can move up the list a bit when with some games against uh, Colts Neck coming up, um, which should be fun. They also got Milltown South, the Rodler game, which should be a good one as well. Hopefully, they can be able to get in that. But um, you look at it, I mean, they, you know, Listen, the Lions' loss are have been two to Homedale. They lost to West Orange, which is a good team up north, and they lost to the top team in the state in St. John Vianney. And the other game they have played, they have won. Um, they the second time around against Manawan, handled victory. Great defensive effort. In the games they win, opponents aren't scoring thirty points. I mean, that's just a fact. So it's going to be really interesting against. Uh, Colts neck to see who can score because whoever scores over 30 is probably going to win this game because both teams are more defensive sounded teams and uh, should be fun ones to watch but um, they're number 10 on my list so that is my top 10 here in the short conference we'll be right back with the top 10 boys basketball central jersey high school rankings here on the Bastion Interaction Podcast <laughs> And now has come the time for me to reveal my top 10 Central Jersey high school boys basketball rankings. For those who follow me on Twitter and know me in the Central Jersey area, for CentralJersey.com, I released the top 10 boys and girls basketball rankings last year. I wanted to do the same this year. It's been tough with doing news and sports um, simultaneously, so... This will be my first um, boys basketball rankings. I wanted to get it out there and um, show who's been doing well on the court and get my thoughts uh, and share my thoughts on the season 
and give the due to the players that have been playing well and the teams that have been doing well. So um, we'll start off in the shore with Rainey. They are 7-0 right now. Um, they ran through all their opponents. They beat CBA, picked up a good victory on the road against Marlboro. Um, they're just playing really well. They're looking like the team that won the tournament of champions, you know, just two years ago, maybe not as good as that team, but close to it with what they've got. You know, Isaac Hester's having a really good year for them as a sophomore. And you got Elijah Perkins, who's one of the best players in the short conference, having a solid year for, um, Rainey as well. So they are at number one on my list at seven and zero. number two on my list. We go to Metuchen with St. Joseph Metuchen. Um, they're seven and two. Um, the Falcons uh, playing very well. Their only two losses this season have come outside the GMC. Any other game they play in the GMC, they have won. You know their losses are to Roselle Catholic and St. Benedict's top basketball programs every year in the state. But you look at what they've done in the GMC. They have been very good. They picked up great victories against South Brunswick. East Brunswick, um, they beat a good um, Piscataway team. Um, they've won six straight. Um, they're just rolling right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do going forward. They get Hudson Catholic on their schedule. Uh, Montgomery is a decent team, only has one loss on the year. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Falcons do the rest of the year. They got some pretty good games, but very talented team um, led by Cody Robbins, who's having a really good year. Elijah um, Barlow's having a nice year for them. Ethan Simon as well. So um, the Falcons staying at number two on my top 10. Um, my third team on the list is the county champs from last year, the St. Thomas Aquinas Trojans, who stand at five and two on the air. Again, like St. Joseph's, Metuchen haven't lost yet in the GMC. Their losses have been to Life Center, which was a great game, only a three-point loss, and then to Trent Catholic most recently. Other games they have played in the GMC have just been, you know, stellar victories. They beat a decent North Brunswick team. They pulled out a nice win over a good Colonia team. Um, they ran through Newark Tech. They ran through um, um, Edison as well, JFK. So, um, you know, Trojans, again, playing well. Coach Bob Turco has them rolling right now. They're playing very well. The county champs, you know, Jaquan Harris having an outstanding uh, season. You know, he's a star. Definitely someone to watch out for. Next year, as a senior, Kyrie Henry's having a nice year. Tristan Jeffries, who I think is a very underrated player, is doing it all this year on the boards and scoring points for the Trojans. And they stand right now at number um, three on my list, and they stand at five and two. We go to the shore for my fourth team in my rankings, and that is the 6-0 Homedale Hornets, led by Alex Baker. Uh, the seniors having a monster year for – the Hornets showing he's one of the top five players, arguably, in the short conference. If we want to go there, um, you know, Sean Devaney, again, has them playing very well. Always a good defensive team home now. They have been scoring some big points. Um, you know, they've been scoring over, you know, 60 points in five of their six games, which, you know, wasn't the case last year. They were, were winning games defensively, but they are scoring points in bunches. Ryan Bradley's having a nice year for the Hornets. Um, you know, yes, they haven't faced some great teams. I mean, the first two games against Colts, I saw the first game. Yeah, Colts is probably a better team now than they were to start off the year. But, um, you know, I think that looks differently. Milltown North is a, is a okay team. They picked up a nice two victories over St. John Vianney, who has talent there. So, yes, 
maybe the teams don't um, come out at you, but Homedale is one of the best teams in the shore. They are, um, you know, maybe they're a tier below a rainy and a Manusquam, but they're right near there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they play against them and how they finish out. They face Raritan this week, but um, I got the Hornets at number four on my list. And at number five, we stay in the shore and we go to Lincroft for Christian Brothers Academy. Coach uh, Billett's got a good, solid team that came on at the end of last year, a young team that was together for the first time, growing um, after, you know, after some good years that they had. And they're picked up this year. Um, they're 6-3. and three. You look at the games, they, you know, they've lost to Rainey. They lost to Marlboro. But before that, they beat Marlboro by over 30 points. Um, you know, they've lost to Hun, a prep school. But other games, they have run, ran through their opponents uh, and playing really well. Um, arguably, again, top eight team in the short. They could make it into that pod. And, you know, they're, they're getting great play. Um, you know, their seniors, Colin Farrell and Mike Wire, both playing very well for the Colts. They are maybe not a deep, deep team, but they're a solid team. Um, Dane Moran is also someone down low who's having a nice year for the Colts. And they are at number five and round out my top five in my rankings. So we go to the last half of it, and we go back to the Greater Middlesex Conference, and we go to the team that won the Central Jersey Group 4 title last year in epic fashion when Vermeula dashed down in the final seconds to knock in the layup to give them the title of the Vikings, and they stand at 7-2 and number 6 on my board. They're continuing success from last year, even though they've lost, they lost some key players they, with like Devin Strickland. They've continued to roll and continue their success here this year. Vermeula's having a nice year. So is Ty Merchinson. A guy that has come on for South Brunswick is Christian Mandurum. He leads the team in scoring. So the Vikings, you know, again, they're 7-2. Their losses this year have been to St. Joseph Metuchen. And East Brunswick's no joke. Younger team, probably one of the best teams next year. A team to watch out for in the GMC next year. Um, but um, they got a nice win over their rival, North Brunswick, um, just recently. We'll see how the Vikings end up. But, you know, they're on the right path right now. You got to like what the Vikings have been able to do the last couple of years. They're keeping things um, simple. And, again, they're continuing success like they had last year by winning their uh, Central Jersey title. And who knows? They could have been state champs um, at the end of the day as well. Never got that opportunity because of the COVID shutdown. So at number six, are the Vikings. Uh, we go back to the shore for number seven, and that's Marlboro, who got a much-needed big victory over CBA on Saturday. You know, you talk about Marlboro coming back, that tough loss to South Brunswick in the final seconds of the championship game last year. Um, this year, they come back with three of those five starters back from last year's team, and, you know, high expectations for the Mustangs. This was the year for them to get over the hump, um, you know, kind of a slow start for them with the schedule they had, but they've picked it up. Um, you know, listen, you face St. Peter's prep to start things off. Wasn't easy, but, um, you know, after those losses to Rainey and, and CBA, they're on a three-game winning streak. That was a huge win against Christian Brothers Academy. They finish out this pod schedule against um, Middletown South. There's no joke. Good program in the last couple of years, but um, – you know, listen, Marlboro is definitely, again, in the mix for that top eight spot. Jack Seidler, again, arguably one of the top five players in the conference, having a monster junior season 
for the Mustangs and leading the way there. Uh, Jonathan Spatola is also having a nice year for them. So um, you know, they're leading the way. They're playing well. They're the two junior duos. And look, um, you, you know, Jay Ratner, two in that junior spot, getting healthy and playing well too. You're talking about another team next year who can be on the take for that title as well. But this year they're looking to win the pod. And, you know, they definitely seem like a team that should be in the mix for that. We'll see how they finish it out. They stand, though, at number seven on my list at five and three. Um, we go to number eight on my list, Montgomery. Listen, the Skyland Conference isn't that strong, but they're seven and one. Um, you know, if they beat Middletown North, that would have maybe made their taste a little bit better. That's their only loss. But, um, you know, good team, nice talent. We'll see how they do. They, they face St. Joe's with touching coming up this week. So it'll be interesting to see how um, the Cougars do there. But they stand number eight on my list. At number nine, modern day prep, six and three, coming out of nowhere, playing well. They are number nine, six and three, taking advantage of their schedule. But, hey, they're playing well, and the Sheriffs are six and three. So they're number nine. And lastly, Friel Township I have at number ten. And, um, excuse me, and – you know, the Patriots, look, they're four and three, but I, I look at this team and I think Coach Glob has done a great job at what he's been able to accomplish this year. Plays everybody on his roster in waves. I mean, you watch what he does. It's like, you know, two minutes, yeah, that waves in. Two minutes, that waves in. I mean, everyone's getting in. Everyone's producing, which is great to see. And, um, you know, look, um, are they a top eight team? I don't know, but they're still a good team. I think um, you look at what they've been able to do. The Barnegat game's tough, a two-point loss to them, but um, they've handled business against Manalapin. Um, you know, they've beaten Howell, who has a winning record at five and four. They beat Red Bank Regional. Um, that Middletown South loss is tough. Um, if they won that game, that would have been great. But, I mean, we'll see what games they get scheduled for the rest of the season. But, um, you know, listen, they're a good, solid team. Um, the CBA loss is tough, but, um, you know, again, uh, you got to like what they have been able to accomplish. The Patriots have had to go through so many schedule changes with teams around them having these COVID-19 shutdowns and having to go out of division and pods to get things going and everything else. So um, they stand at number 10. So that's my top 10, my first one of the year. I will try to update that before the uh, top eight pods are released in the short conference, as well as seeing how the other teams do around the other conferences like the GMC, also the CBC teams like – you know, Allentown, who's four and three, we'll see how they continue to do. Heights Town's five and four, for example. So it'll be interesting to see how those teams pick things up to end the season. You know, Trenton and Robbinsville are off to good starts for those um, for the CVC, for example. But um, you know, that's my that's my top ten. So um, thank you all for joining me on that. Um, it's been great talking to you guys again on this podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone is going through the craziness of this weather with all the snow and rain and all. Um, hopefully no more snow for the rest of the year or a little bit of it at least. And uh, we can kind of get back to smooth sailing here. All Everybody stays healthy and we can finish out week these next couple weeks in uh, week two with boys and girls basketball and soccer and get, you know, swimming, track and field going before season three starts with wrestling, volleyball and gymnastics. So again, thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Stephen Basson. Catch you next time here on Basson Interaction.